Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. Today I'm going to talk to you about working and conducting research around the globe, my travel diary. And I'm super excited about this topic because this is really sort of a little summary of all the experiences I've gained throughout my years around the world. Um, I will start with Shanghai, where I lived for several years and worked as a psychologist um, with the expert community there and also consulting citizens from around the world, um, different topics. I gave lectures as well and taught Chinese master students at Shanghai University in intercultural communication also organized some research uh, seminars there where people even from Switzerland were visiting. So that was quite exciting. And it's been an incredible experience that taught me so much for my life. I really, really still miss that time back then. And I wish I can go back there very soon because my research is actually based in Shanghai. And of course, during the pandemic, the research in Shanghai has been quite a bit difficult, uh, to say the least. Back when I was living in Shanghai, I was living nearby the former French concession and been biking around the local markets, practicing my Mandarin and, in immer- and trying as good as I could immerse in a completely new culture. The life in Shanghai was a combination of trying to assimilate and interact with the local community, at the same time being involved with the expat community and culture of its own. I had a presentation on the topic of third culture kit in French for the French expat community, talking about the uniqueness of being an expat child living around the world in different countries and traveling around and having to make new friends all the time and what it means for one's personality and identity since you have your parents who have the origin of maybe been going to school from primary to upper school in the same country and has sort of built up an identity of what it means to be French, what it means to be British, Italian, Swedish, German, Swiss, American, whatever. But if you are a child that's been traveling from country A to B to C to D and every two years maybe has to adjust and make new friends in a new country, that is a different kind of community. And these children tend to sort of create their own culture of shared experience to be such a kid without proper roots. My passion and interest for the world far away from home in Asia has always been part of me. Studying ancient Chinese culture in high school years set the scene and fundament for my future journey towards the East, I would say. I um, had the luxury and and great great, um, opportunity to have um, someone in the family that's been traveling a lot for work, my aunt, and um, she brought back some fun things from Shanghai back when she was traveling there. And um, so I had some little 
stamps and stuff like that um, from, from Shanghai. My fascination to learn Mandarin and to emerge in the culture has probably been originating from this curious curiosity back in the days when I studied in school. It might have also been that my curiosity for the Asian world awoke with my grandma's stories from her childhood in Malaysia, which she still today is sharing with us and has definitely been influencing all of us, not the least for the food culture she brought in from her time in Asia and the jewelry and the porcelain and so on. She has such a fond memory of these years and friendships that last to date with her Malaysian Chinese close family friends. This might be why it's been so absolutely magical when I met my partner who is Shanghainese and grew up in Sweden. And when my grandma met him and his parents, it felt so familiar how they interacted and what kind of understanding they had on a level that was not even possible for me to grasp. It was very peculiar. And she's really happy about the jade jewelry and the pearls that she's gotten from them because of her memory from the times she lived in Asia and her jewelry she got from that time. This has been a very important time for my both intellectual journey, but also from a personal journey. And from Shanghai, I decided to move to New York to study at Columbia University, which was yet another incredibly important time for myself. I lived all by myself in New York. I had very big growth, personal growth there. I lived in a small studio, but with a very close contact to the Hudson River and the High Line for my running, which was incredible. And just a couple of streets away from my very, very close friend and immense support during these years. And yeah, those years have been very important for my um, academic career and the ties I've built there with people, the way I became a little bit of a New Yorker. I felt so much that that type of culture was really, really good for my personality and my sense of self and self-esteem. So I am really grateful to be part of a new program at Columbia. I just entered a new program and um, hopefully we'll be back there a little more. My clinical experience in New York has also been very, very interesting. Working in Midtown at Times Square in a private practice together with Dr. Fritz Scalett, whom I actually still doing podcasts with and who has actually been my um, source of inspiration to do my own podcast because he used to have a radio show. And um, yeah, this has been very, very interesting. And I find myself to be sort of back in New York a little bit with my private practice here in Zurich in the banking district with having the banks around and feeling really um, 
grateful to have very interesting clients from different professions coming to my practice and a great team around me in the practice as well, physiotherapists and a um, other um, alternative medicine doctor. So we're a team of four power women, which is really cool. And um, yeah, in between, I was in Sweden, Stockholm at Karolinska Institute, one of the most famous institutes around the world for medical science and um, the place where the Nobel Prize is given out every year. This has been a good jumping board for my research career and been the possibility to look into the one and the two child policy in China during my PhD years. And I've been traveling back to Shanghai a lot for that and um, been able to combine my clinical work with um, American exchange students in Stockholm, teaching American exchange students and also teaching at Karolinska Institute to um, really bring in this global perspective in both my clinical and my research world. And who knows what the future brings. I'm excited for continuing with the Columbia program. And I'm also looking into hopefully being able to teach more again in the future, preferably with some American universities. And we'll see. And meanwhile, working here in Zurich with different clients from around the world and pushing my company for female empowerment, une sur cent, and hopeful to have that community grow and prosper to improve the women's position in Switzerland because guess what? Nothing has changed. We're still number 26 in the economist ranking of the glass ceiling effect. Behind us, just three countries, which of are South Korea, Japan, and Turkey. That's it. And OCD, the OSCD countries are obviously much higher up um, comparing to Switzerland. So that's a very embarrassing situation and hopeful, really hopeful that with doing something myself, I can make a change. So thank you very much for listening. And if you're curious to hear more about this global research and clinical work, and if you're interested in participating in some panel discussions with Une Sur Cent, please do not hesitate to contact me. Wishing you all a great day and take care from this stormy, monsoon-like Zurich weather. Take care. Bye.